Today on the WTF is Crypto Space Podcast, we talk articles that predict the future of Bitcoin that we predicted months ago. We also have an even more intense and informative chat with Saria Wongtomo from Kenya. All this and more on the WTF is Crypto Space Podcast. Stay tuned. You're smart. You know how to listen to suggestion and make your own decisions, right? We're just two Aussie brothers talking shit about cryptocurrency, so do yourself a favor. Research the topic before doing anything financially. Now, for that banging intro music. Welcome to WTF is Crypto Space. I'm Brett. And I am Chad. This podcast is all about the crypto space. Did it's shout out. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, I got really yeah, excited no. there. You go, you go with the shout out now. Okay, cool. Well, sh- you shout out. Yeah. All right, Chad. How about now? We hit the big time. <laughs> Shanghai, <laughs> China. Oh, we made it there. I didn't even know they could get our downloads. And Kiev, I didn't know they can. Exactly. Kiev. I'm waiting for North Korea. Kiev. I'm waiting to get into North Korea. Chad. Mm-hmm. Kiev. Ukraine. Oh, okay. I thought we got to the chicken factory. <laughs> <laughs> and also, top this list, uh, Stoke Newington, they were down lower, and this time, boom, UK. Smashed um, it up to the also, top. Also, maybe, to uh, maybe that's Giuseppe uh, shouting out and, um, with his mates. And then uh, you, Singapore, mate. Singapore's back on that list, and Melbourne, Australia, thanks, guys. Thank and you. we've also got New York, New York. Seems like double city barrel lames this time. Dallas, Texas. Mm. LA, California, and San Francisco, California. I'm stuck on Dallas, Texas, and I'm stuck on pulled pork and barbecue. And we're not talking like the grill that we talk about grilling. I'm talking, You're talking like Jimmy. Barbecue. Oh, barbecue. Anyway, guys, today's topics is... I'm still being vegan, by the way. Uh, today's topics is Bitcoin. Uh, cryptocurrency could reach 100,000 investors' claim. And we continue our interview with the gentleman from Kenya, Saria Wongtomo. The one, the only, the legend. So, Brett, today we're going to talk about Bitcoin. Now, let me let me just quickly ask you a question. How many months ago did you say that we potentially might hit $100,000 with uh, Bitcoin? I dropped it in a conversation a little while ago. Mm. But yeah, yeah. I've heard plenty of people say it'll hit 100, but we also said here at this show it will hit 40, 64, and 100, just for those um, listeners out there that are paying attention. Well, we're currently looking at a, I'm currently looking at a thing from uh, the uh, UK, a gentleman who thinks he's a frontrunner, Joseph Carey. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, we're going to put your article in here, don't worry. Uh, he, he, he's saying that it potentially might uh, reach 100,000, which is a good Prediction, if he's saying it and it's hitting like the actual news, this could actually, one, it could boost the prices just because, and two, it could actually boost the prices just because. So I think this is a great opportunity um, to get into Bitcoin if you haven't gotten into Bitcoin yet. You just look at just look at what happened recently. We're just talking literally the last two months. During Christmas time, it went to 21,000. 25,000 chattels. 25, sorry. I, I looked at it at the wrong time. Australian AUD, dollars. Yeah. So uh, it, it hit it 
and and they're talking about that um, that it's gone down now. What I do, what I got to put it, I got to put one out here, right? This is a this is an interesting piece. It's nice they're talking it up. I fully understand. Let him go. In the article, Chad, he says, I believe that roughly five percent of the world's population or less owns any cryptocurrency, and if the trends of Venezuela continue and in Z- Zimbabwe, if those continue, it looks as though there is going to be no slowdown. Now. This guy is full of crap. Yeah. Because the thing is, it's nice that he might be putting out these numbers, but where's your backup? Where's your evidence? Let's show us what you've got. 5%. Maybe, what like, the hell are you talking about? Where did he get these names about? from? Or these numbers from? Like, maybe he's got that from wallets, or I don't know. It's like, maybe he just pulled this out of his ass. Can Who I knows, ask Ken? you, though, are you able to do a 7 billion divided by 100 times by 5 in your head? Because I can't. And if he's come up with that, and, and we I can talk- come close, Chad. So I'm thinking it's like in the vicinity of um, 140 million people. Yeah, that's a pretty good guess. That's a pretty good guess. But let's just say it's around that number, right? Yeah. That's yeah. seven-ish, six and a half times the population of Australia for those people paying attention. Mm. That's and Australians, insane. Mm, they've heard about it. They've gone, that is crap. Give me a beer. That's what they've said. But even in here, Chad, in his article, he's saying things like, let's just assume that 10% of the world's population or 15% of the world... Hey, let's just assume 100% of the world's population's in cryptocurrencies. Woo. Let's assume a cryptocurrency doesn't exist. That's as much of information as he fucking... Do your own research. As Gerald Salente would say, think for yourself. Thank you, Joseph Carey, uh, K- for um, that misinformation. On that article. Um, so we're going to go now from some shit to some real good shit. We're going to talk. It was a <laughs> nice segue, Chad. Thank you very much. It's, it, pointing it out, though, kind of defeats the purpose, but whatever. Saria, you're Wong Tomo. We're going to continue that uh, conversation. And he's going to talk to us all about uh, what he's doing with his work, his resources, and so much more. Let's go and listen right now. In the Australian Corporations Amendment Act of 2017, um, it sort of talks about the fact that there's a cap of an of Australian $5 million for raised funds. So we sort of then touched on it in that last answer, but how do you feel that the role of tokenization will m- help or assist um, as we move forward in the crypto space? This is a complicated answer. I believe it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. On the first thing, first component here is that Tokens cannot be a security, which limits your use on ICO fundraising. Uh, why do I say this is because that means even the good news is that you can raise a lot of money, right? The bad news is that if you raise a lot of money and if your business doesn't really need a token and you can't be a security, then it makes a big question of what's your token going to be like? Mm. And which leads to the point you might raise a lot of money now, but how would your token survive in three years down the line? Here's a very interesting food for thought. Unlike traditional securities, where the value of the shares or anything, whatever you uh, represents, it represents the value of your company. Your token doesn't va- represent the value of your company. Of course, it could be in a circumstance, say in real, um, in a traditional space, you could have a company where, whose share value is below their book value. That's how Warren Buffett used to actually, you know, get his um, get his value out of it. But the, I mean, this is exactly the same issue that will become 
uh, there will be for a lot of companies mm. because your token might tank in value, mm. but if your cryptocurrencies in F rise, you're basically um, the company's value is quite a fair bit, and most ICO companies are like that. Mm. And even I mean, whether the token does well or not, their book value is quite big uh, yeah. because of the rise in F values. Um, the big the aspect I would say. Um, the other aspect I will basically say is simply, ASIC doesn't really know what to do. Yeah. Uh, they have been very um, hands-off. Uh, wait and see approach. Yeah, that's correct. And they, but now in this year, they are putting a lot more effort to actually uh, have a working group and really, in a sense, um, see how it's going. Australian regulators are not really, uh, um, they are not at the bleeding edge. They will not pave ways but they would definitely uh, they respond quickly enough. That's what I'll say. Comparatively to say Gibraltar, where we have had a very strong interest in setting up over there because they've been incredibly pro-crypto. Yeah, right. You can do a lot of things over there that you can't do here. Yeah, okay. um, I will be part of a working group for ASIC to discuss you know, um, uh, token mechanics to see, to see what, in a sense, uh, will happen in Australia. Mm, but yeah, but the simple answer is that um, it's good for companies if you have a use for your tokens. Um, but if you don't, you're kind of left out in the dust. So, Well, that's that's another thing. When you're talking about the crypto space and then you're talking about tokens and, and companies and stuff like that, it's so interesting how the crypto space is full of shit coins. Um, what is a project that you actually obviously besides Kenya and your other projects um, what is a, is a project that interests you in the crypto space I'm very in, in general I'm very interested in three aspects okay. I there has been a lot of issues coming up with fungibility of coins yeah. um, we're talking recently there was a I um, can't remember the exchange, but basically uh, the name hack, where hundreds of million got hacked out. Mm -hmm. The simple first thing people discuss is, you know, what you're gonna do. Uh, name has said that it's not their issues, but they won't mind tagging the coins. That makes them non-fungible. Mm -hmm. The problem here is that if, how do you enforce that tagging? Because of this, I'm very curious to see the rise of privacy coins, and obviously as well as government becomes more capable, in analyzing blockchain transactions. The reality is I won't be surprised that because um, I would say of the widespread use of Bitcoin and the ability to, uh, exchanges obviously, they, Bitcoin is one of the major pairs, yeah. you can basically know who's moving money where very, very easy. Which is one of the things that we, we kept bringing up to people like, they're like, oh, it's like, it's for it's for the dark web and blah, blah, blah. It's like, guys, no, you, if you just read a couple of numbers, you'll know who's trading. It's it's easy to see. Oh, going back when we're talking about privacy coins, the big one I'm actually looking, uh, the impact as well, is basically is like, what, how would those privacy coins that are optional privacy, such as Zcash, uh, fair in the future. And also it's like there's also a lot of um, new privacy coins coming up mm. that have very different mechanism. Mm. My big interest is in Monero mm -hmm. purely because it's non-optional. Mm -hmm. You use it. Mm -hmm. The other big one is basically is like um, 
uh, Ethereum as well. They said that they are looking into it. Yes. Of so mm. I'm very curious to see. This is on the technological aspect, and and that's great. And but it's also a very big on. Uh, I guess it's like a social and governmental aspect. Mm. Um, do we see the right, you know, the maturization of privacy coin as a thing that people are gonna use on a daily basis, or is it still gonna be something fringe? Um, and how the government's gonna react? Because I won't be surprised when some government comes out and said that the other tokens are fine, privacy coins we're not gonna be, you know, mm. no, no, no. You never know what's gonna happen. The other big one is basically is like. Um, challenges to Ethereum. There are a lot of projects coming up that basically touts as Ethereum killers. It's a very exciting time. Like, <laughs> are they gonna do it? But what I think is gonna happen is that it, the market is gonna consolidate into a few major players. Um, how it's gonna go, I am actually not too certain, purely because um, a lot of these projects are still in their infancies. Uh, but that said, I think the ones which are going to build good commercial partnerships are the ones that's actually going to be quite successful. I'm keeping a very strong eye on Icon. Mm. Um, mm. They are having their launch mm. and they are going to announce 12 dApps. So mm. this is straight off mainnet. They're doing very, by that metrics, to me it's like, what's NEM doing? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, Qtum's been there for a while. It's like, oh, it's like, what's, you know, what's there to show? Yeah. Um, wow. Now you apps. saw that the Weiss, because you you was, you know how the Weiss um, measurements mm. they they brought out in this last um, few weeks, um, and they obviously gave EOS a, a certain score against Ethereum. And the thing is, you've got EOS, for example, who hasn't delivered on any aspects yet. Yet there there is that language of comparison, and as you were mentioning before, it means that misallocation of funds may be there at this stage until they start to develop some of these products as they go through. So how do you think then the crypto space might then contribute towards equity and liquidity for businesses and startup organizations then going forward because we obviously want to see capital head towards projects that will uh, have, a, have a strong impact? I think um, the simple answer is twofold. Uh, good projects, basically will get the attention. Um, yes, obviously that's a simplification, but we're talking about long-term, mm. right? The strongest will survive. We live in a capitalist society. For the most part, it will be the case, right? Yes, they are catch, uh, but why I'm not so concerned because we're in the early stages. You don't have a huge company throwing the weight around. You don't have a huge uh, platform where there's entrenched um, uh, users that even though it's an inferior product, it's hard to leave. Right, mm -hmm. uh, it's the same thing, right? Uh, for example, it's like the banks want to want to get customers onto their uh, uh, onto their bank instead of from a competitor. But come on, we, I mean, it's, it's a pain in the ass to change your <laughs> bank. We, I mean, it's it's. I mean, we can complain about oh, X bank is crap, but you never really leave, right? Yeah. We don't have that kind of issue. The other aspect is just simply to uh, securitize uh, security token. I'm very, oh, that's also one thing that I really like, mm -hmm. I forgot to mention. I think it's gonna become very interesting. Uh, as far as I know, there's been a few projects in the States that are doing that. Um, but the problem here is that you require an exchange that is um, legally allowed to deal security tokens. To be fair, there are already a lot of security, illegal security tokens out there. It's just thing the government's, you know, like they are 
taking a hands-off approach. Mm. Uh, and if people ask, curious is what's that? I mean, to me, it's like, let's look at Binance coin, mm. right? Absolutely. It's a bloody security, right? That goes for cost, that goes for KuCoin shares. Jesus Christ, it's called KuCoin shares, <laughs> right? I mean, the gist of the idea, look, I like the idea. Um, as a whole, it's a, it's a token that gives you dividend or revenue or how however it goes. Yes, people can argue that it is an utility that reduces um, uh, the fees, but to me, it's like you also have other things. If you look at, it doesn't pass the Howey test, no. for sure not. Uh, if you look at what ASIC has actually mentioned, straight on is like it shouldn't have, the biggest thing is that it shouldn't have an expectation of built, uh, of built in return, uh, sorry, increase in capital. Right in this case, which is why an example straight on is like um, um, Golem. Mm. It's a decentralized uh, computing network. You use Golem to use it. There's no expectation of return, right? But if you have something that basically is like Kucoinsha is that we're gonna give you a dividend, we're gonna buy. Um, Binance buys back, right? The token and burn them intentionally based on how much they earn a profit. Hello, that's share buyback. Mm. But I think a formal mature market is very exciting because this means you can have worldwide people that's actually, you know, like putting money into it. One thing I've always really hated about Kickstarter was the fact that if I'm gonna give you money, you know, for an experimental product that most of the time is delayed, come on. Yeah. It's like give me give me an ownership of yeah. Yeah. of your company, yeah. right? Even if it's like zero point zero point two, or else it's to me it's like it's it's to me it's like this is just toy money. Yeah. It's not great. Exactly. And how many of those projects never delivered on those aspects? So you've been in the crypto space, and as we said, for, for quite a number of years. And so you naturally have come across many, many different resources and, and different things that have helped you along your journey as you've educated yourself, but educated others I know in the crypto space. For your perspective, is there a couple of resources that you might have lent on along the way that you think might help those coming into or finding their journey through the crypto space? Unfortunately, as of this stage, I actually really don't see an easy way to get into a space that can people can pick up easily. Heck, I think learning programming is so much more easier than, you know, than learning the crypto space and programming is a difficult subject matter for, mm. for a lot of people Absolutely. as is. However, if I were to say for newcomers, the simple thing is to go to CoinMarketCap go to the top 100 coins, click on the website, have a read on their website what they're trying to solve, and have have a read at the white paper if possible. Not all projects are very technical. A lot of them are trying to just solve a problem. Um, but obviously, the difficult part for a lot of people is that they don't have the certain fundamental aspect. I'm by myself as much more skeptical. Mm -hmm. So I'm not I'm not easily swayed by buzzword bullshit, which is also a big thing. I actually I actually didn't buy into the icon ICO, which returned like eighty times. Be simply because to me it's like you're promising a lot. Let's build your thing first, then I'll buy into it. But I missed out. But that's how the, the, like the nature of uh, the game is, right? In this particular aspect, just a bit of skepticism is not unreasonable if you really want to learn. The other aspect is in the long run, I would say that just, it isn't hard to find skilled people. I'm also learning from a lot of other skilled people as well. And it did take me a bit. The, this is, 
I would say substantially harder than the previous one. You get a lot of chat groups, you get a lot of friends, but the reality is that in my phone, I probably have about 15 to 20 different groups. There's probably about three that I feel like it's, you know, that has a level um, of quality that's incredibly high. The rest of the stuff, unfortunately, is like just not there. Mm. It's like a lot of people um, talk about things as substantially far more, how should I put it, um, basic. Um, and that's not because um, it's not a bad thing. It's just I think people should realize, oh, I, it's not just me hanging out with other people. It's me hanging out with good people. I guess the simple thing is, is just like, if I'm gonna improve in my sport, I have to play with better people, yeah. right? Absolutely. That's that's pretty much all it is. Um, I would say this is a very strong sentiment, um, not just mine. If you look at a lot of Melbourne meetups, especially the very big legacy one that that gets run in SoftBank, the, um, the people who actually runs, operates companies in the space, the people who are really good in Melbourne that I know, they don't show up. And I mean, it's not just my opinion, right? If they no. don't show up, then they also say no. something about yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, mate, well, before you go, I just want to—I want you to tell our listeners um, where they can follow you and your work, and maybe even contact you and find out a bit more about about you. This is something I feel really bad for people who do want to follow me. I don't really publish a lot of my things uh, openly. Yeah. Uh, but I do really welcome people to just contact me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, my phone number's there, so definitely, you know, uh, feel free to do so. The The reason why I don't publish is just, um, I'm a lazy writer, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. Um, but the other aspect is just, I think a lot of the things that I get the first round of information I discuss tends to be things that I'm not really allowed to talk about. Yeah, publicly. yeah, yeah, yeah. makes sense. And look, although you might say or coin yourself as a, a lazy writer, we do really appreciate you yeah. sitting down for the podcast today. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks. Again, amazing. He was a legend and he was a really good sport. Like absolutely oh. a huge sport. We had lots of fun um, down at uh, the offices that we went there. Then he yep. joined us for the crypto conversations afterwards Absolutely. in Melbourne. We want to thank again. We want to uh, thank um, Paul from Recognite and the team for actually letting us use their Absolutely. facilities to record Putting that. Absolutely. us up. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Um, but guys, thank you so much for listening. Like us once and comment in the chat below. Also, camera, you know, you can comment on the website also. Um, Brett, we have a Twitter. WTF Crypto Space. Brett, we have a Facebook group. Crypto Space. Nice and easy. Brett, do you wanna do you wanna say this on or should I? Well, absolutely. I'm so proud of it. You've done a great job, Chattels. WTF CryptoSpace.com is our website. That's the website. It's got the information you got last week, so you can catch up on all the stuff. If you have newcomers, um, you can show them that website. Uh, yeah, just shoot it to that- them. Shoot, you shoot, shoot that whole website to them. Say hello. You can comment. The comments are on. So we want you guys to chat and continue the conversation. Another place you can continue the conversation and share with your family and friends. Also, cl- click subscribe to this podcast to get your weekly podcast updates from us knuckleheads. And uh, you'll get it in your podcast feed every Wednesday, 9 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. But until next time, I'm Chad. And I'm Brett. Let's get excited about the crypto space. The transition has begun.
you know, at the end, I'm thinking I want to change it to like, but until next time, I'm the youngest, he's the oldest. And that's always going to be the same way. I'm never going to be older than him. Fantastic. At least I'm not the oldest person in my family. Shut up.